chapter 8 and 9 of the book of 1 Corinthians. Guys, what, 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 what an incredible book. We've been going through this, this book. You, you kind of by this point understand that, that the church of Corinth was under great, great challenges as a church and as, as individuals that they were, you know, experiencing a, a, a whole... Yes, Lord. We're, they, they, guys, the whole culture was being driven by passions. The whole culture was sexually perverted. We saw, uh, you know, the, the competition even amongst church members, even amongst uh, pastors, you know, who's your favorite teacher. That, that, that was the culture that they were dealing with. And it wasn't just outside the church. It was inside the church. And it, that's why when Paul writes this, this, this epistle, he, he's encouraging them, look, guys, you, you guys are, are going to be judging angels, and you, you guys are suing one another, and he's just trying to deal with the, the issues that were happening inside the church. Now, one of the big issues that Paul addresses here in chapter 8 and chapter 9 of the book of 1 Corinthians is they were demanding their freedoms. They wanted to be able to experience, to do things that, that in their heart they knew were, were, were pushing the line. Kind of the gray areas is what they would call it. And, and there, there, there was, there was this, this desire to, to eat food that was offered to idols. And, and Paul's going to address this, and I, I think chapter 8 and chapter 9 go hand in hand. I don't think you can separate these two chapters, because I think the whole heart of it is he's wanting them to say, guys, understand, you're in a race. And this, this, you've you got a finish line that you're trying to get to. There's no time to be, to be messing around. There's no time to be wasting with cardinal pursuits, or we're trying to fulfill those appetites that your flesh wants. And I think it's, it's interesting because these freedoms, Paul agrees that they had every right to partake in them. But watch what he says in chapter 8. I'm just going to just real quick go through chapter 8, and then we're going to go to the end of chapter 9. Watch what he says there in verse, well, beginning in verse 4. Watch what he says. He says, therefore concerning the eating of things as offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one. He said, you guys got knowledge. You, you know that there's only one God, and if something was offered to an idol, it, it has no power. It's got no influence upon you. It's not going to change anything eternally. He goes down to verse 8. Watch what he says in verse 8 of that chapter. He says, food does not commend us to God, for neither if we eat are we the better, nor if we do not eat are we the worse. He says, the issue isn't the meat. It's not about the meat offered to the idols. That's a, that's a non-issue. And then from that point, he goes and he starts to talk about the freedoms that he's given up, that were his rights. I, I, I think, I think there's, there's a problem in the church today is, is that we, we see, and I think it's a fad that's happening in the church as a whole, is that we're more concerned about our rights than we are about souls. I have the right 
to drink a beer. I have the right to watch this. I have a right. And we're, we're, our, our, our freedoms and our rights have become more important than our brothers and our sisters. And it's interesting that, that Paul is going to appeal to them. Not, not because anything was wrong at this point, because the offering of the eating of the idols was no big deal. It was nothing. There's only one God. That, that, that meat offered to an idol didn't have any power to it. But what he is going to do is he's going to encourage them to take into consideration the rights of others and the salvation of others, even more important than themselves. But look, look what he says in verse uh, chap, chapter 9. Look, look at verse 18. Watch. Actually, you know what? Let me, let me, let me even back up to verse, chapter 8, verse, verse 9. Let, let's start right there. That's what he says. Chapter 8, verse 9. But beware, lest somehow this liberty of yours become the stumbling block to those who are weak. For if someone sees you who have knowledge eating in an idol's temple, will not the conscience of him who is weak be emboldened to eat those things offered to idols? And because of your knowledge shall the weak brother perish for whom Christ died? And when you thus sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, you sin against Christ. Look what he says in verse 13. Therefore, if food makes my brother stumble, I will never again eat meat lest I make my brother stumble. And isn't that it? He goes, look, I got the right to do it too. But you know what? I'm more concerned about the conscience of my brother than I am about my own rights. And there's some things I'm willing to give up so that my brother doesn't, my weaker brother does, doesn't have to struggle or isn't lost because of my choices and because of my decisions. Guys, I, I, I think this is, this is paramount in our day, in our, in our culture right now. I, I think that this, this whole chapter, chapter 8 and chapter 9, is, is vital for us because really we're living in a culture, even within the church, where everyone is saying, hey, you know what, you don't, 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 don't judge me. I can, I, can, I can do that. I got the freedom to do that. Who do you think you are? And our, our, our culture is, is all about me rather than about others. And I think that's exactly what he's addressing because it was a cardinal community and it was a cardinal church and it was because they were in a cold cardinal culture everyone just was saying hey we, we, we got rights that we 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 can we can do whatever we want to do and we can still be christian and and th th this is this is what's 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 amazing watch as, as you go down to chapter 9 now look, look what he says in verse 18 chapter 9 verse 18 and then i'm going to take the text that i was given here that i'm going to expound on watch what he says What then is my reward? That when I preach to others, I present the gospel of Christ without a charge that I may not abuse my authority in the gospel. Here, here, here's what he's saying. He goes, guys, Paul had every right to take an offering wherever he went. It, it was his right. And, and, it, and, it was, and, and right before that, he says, look, it's a biblical right. I have every reason to be able to. But let me tell you, I, I would rather char not charge for the gospel so that I don't make anybody else stumble. That was his saying, look, I have the right to do it, but I forewent my right because I'm concerned about the souls of men more than I am about even the food on my table or, or, or some of the necessities that I might have. But check this out. This is, 
This is, this is verses 19 through 23. He says, For though I am free of all men, I have made myself a servant to all that I might win the more. Because I, I, I'm free of all men. I, I, I have every right, just like every other man. But rather than my, using my freedoms, I became a servant. Rather than demanding my freedoms, I, I, I humbled myself and, and took that role of a servant because I, I, I want to see other people come to Christ. Look what he says in, in verse 20. And to the Jew, I became a Jew that I, that I might win Jews. And to those who are under the law, I was under the law that I might win those who are under the law and those who are without the law as without law, not being without law toward God, but under law toward Christ, that I might win those who are without law. To the weak I became as weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all men, that I might by all means save some. So this I do for the gospel's sake, that I may be a partaker of it with you. Guys, that, that's powerful. It's powerful because he said, look, guys, it wasn't about my rights. You see, remember, Paul was a Jew. And, and he was used to keeping the Jewish laws and rules and regulations. And he says, look, when I was with the Gentiles, I, I forwent all of that in my own conscience, even though some of those things that, that I would have called re recompensable in my own heart. He goes, look, I, I acted just like a Gentile because what? This isn't about the law. This is about Christ. I forwent my own desire, my own will, because I, I was more concerned about the souls of others than I was about my own right. And then he goes into this next section of Scripture, guys, and I think it's all tied in here. That's what he says. And here's what we're going to look at. Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you might obtain it. And everyone who competes in the, for, for the prize is tempered in all things. They do it to obtain a perishable crown. But we, for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight, not as one who beats the air. But I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. Wow. Wow. He lays out for those in Corinth an illustration. These was a, if you know a little bit about Corinth, it, it, it was a sporting town. They, they, the, 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 the Esthmian games were, were, were every three years, and, and, and it was, it was the, the, just the talk of the town. In Corinth, man, I, the, the, the TV stations that would have, would have been watched would have been ESPN, ESPN2, Fox Sports, MLB, TV, NFL ticket. I mean, you know, these guys are just all about their sports. And, and what was wild in, in that culture and in that time is that their athletes had become gods. Their athletes were, well, you know, they, they would put their pictures on weedy boxes. They would have them up on billboards. They would have a whole clothing line named after their athlete, <laughs> their own tennis shoe, Air Jordans or whatever it was, right? Because their athletes is, was, 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 you know, their hero. That, that, they, they would really deify them and, and make them something special. 
And Paul would have been there during these, these games, and he would have seen how crazy these guys were about the sporting events. And he takes that and he applies it to the Christian life. He starts to look at an athlete. And he says, wait, wait, look, 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 look what would happen. He says, don't you know that those guys that are running in that race, only one of them wins the prize? Run in such a way to win. It's interesting that when, when you, know, you, you become a Christian, you, 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 you see things differently. And I imagine Paul was there at the games looking at these athletes and how they were training and how much sacrifice they were making. He's going, man, if every Christian could just be like that, that dedicated, that, that committed. You know, especially as, as I remember, you know, just a young pastor, just starting out in the ministry, man. Every, everything I would watch, everything I would see, I would, you know, like, how do I use that as a sermon illustration? I remember watching The Patriot, man. It was just like, you know, let's just go take them all. You know, remember, he didn't want to fight, and then all of a sudden his son gets killed, and now he's, I'm in. Right? And, and all of a sudden you're just kind of like, man, they, they killed Jesus. You know, I'm, I'm, let's go just, just start slaughtering everybody. You know, you just kind of see everything as, a, as man, how, how do we use that for the gospel? I think that's what Paul was doing here. He's just looking at these guys and he's seeing, seeing how, how uh, you know, com- competitive they were and, and how, how much they were willing to, to just give everything for it, their drive. Their... Guys, I, I think that's a good thing when it comes to our Christian walk, that we were to take a look at the, the, the sacrifices the world makes just for, for things that, that, aren't, that, are, that are so temporal. And then go, man, they're willing to give all of that for something that's going to perish and what am I doing? Something that's eternal. Competition's a good thing. We're living, you know, th- think about kind of what we're teaching our kids right now. You know, you, you sign up for, for Little League Baseball, and, and then, you know, you, they have these kids that are, that are excelling and trying and practicing and, you know, doing their best. And then, you know, you go to the award ceremony, and everyone gets the same trophy. You know, there's no first place, there's no second place, there's no third place, and, you know, everybody wins. Just, this is awesome. Just, there, there's, no, there's no desire to excel, there's no desire to, 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 to be first, there's no desire to, to practice, right? And, and I, th- I think it, it's damaging our culture. You know, the, the, you know we, I remember as a kid, my, my dad was one of those crazy coaches. My, you know, when, when we played baseball, you, you got on the field and you were expected to win. And, and I, re, I remember my, my dad, you know, bless his heart, man, he, he, would, he would drive from San Diego back to, to, to L.A. just so that he can be at baseball practice. And, and then we would practice until the, till the sun, you couldn't see the ball. And, and, then, and then my dad, I remember after every game, man, my dad drank a lot. My dad, we, my dad, we would go on the way home, and we would go over every play. And he would tell me every mistake I made. And it was, in my mind, it was drilled in, man. You know, this, this, you, you go out to win. You don't, you don't just go out to show up. It's not just to, to hang out. You go out to win. And that, that really should be instilled in us, in our Christian walk, that, guys, this is, we're not here just to hang out. We're not here to just get, you know, the I participated t-shirt. We're, we're, we're here to get equipped 
so that we can go back out there and win. That we can, we can fight this fight. Now, it's also interesting that, that notice back in verse 4. Let me, let me this, this back up just a second. Watch what he says. Do you not know? Those who run in this race all run, but one receives the prize. Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Run in such a way that you want to win the race. It's not just, not just signing up. Now, th- th- I, w- I want you to think about this, guys. That When Paul's writing 1 Corinthians, he's been walking with the Lord for t- more than 20 years at this point. 20, 25 years. In, in the book of Philippians, actually, it's 20 to 5. Uh, what, 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 did you turn, them, turn, turn to first Corinthians, I mean, Philippians chapter 3, look at verse 12. Check this out. This was 20 years after his conversion, Philippians chapter 3. Watch what it says. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind and I reach forward to the things which are ahead. Check it out. I press toward the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. This, this, is, this is a guy who for 20 years has been on, on missions and, and, you know, getting rocked and stoned and beat and chased. He said, let me tell you guys, there's one thing I do. I, the things that are behind me don't even matter. It's the things that are ahead of me, and I'm pressing on. I'm pushing forward. And I think there's a, there's, there's a danger. You, you start to, you know, 20 years, 30 years walking with the Lord, and, and you want to put it on cruise control. It's kind of like, well, you know, I, I've been there, did that. It's time for the younger guys to take over. Guys, it's not time for the younger guys to take over. It's time for men to stand up and be men to be godly men, to run this race, to, to fight the good fight. And, and what, what he's encouraging these guys here is, look, guys, it's not over till it's over. Run that race and run with, 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 with the passion that, that you don't just want to come in second place or third place. Now, now you know, when, 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 when we finally get there, you're, we're, we're all winners, right? Because, man, just, just that God's going to let me into heaven, I win. Right, just by the grace of God that I get there, that that's. <laughs> but the reality is, is that he's he's encouraging us as men. You know what? Don't 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 just put it on cruise control. Don't just kind of just say, hey, at least I participated. At least I showed up to church on Sunday. He says, go in there and run this race. Like you want to win this race, guys. That that should be the heart of every one of us as men. I want, I want to win. When Paul came to the end of his life in 2 Timothy chapter 4, that would have been his last epistle in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6. Watch what he says. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering in the time of my departure as hand. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. Finally, there's laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day. And not only to me, but all of those who love his appearing. No, 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 notice Paul, at the very end of his life, he, he, he's down to, you know, days, weeks. He knows that, that he, he's, he's about to be 
poured out like a drink offering. He said, let me tell you what I did. Man, I finished my race to the end. I didn't, I didn't stop midway. I, I, I didn't waver. I kept the course. And he's encouraging the guys in Corinth. Look, guys, run like you want to win this race. The second verse there in verse 25, he, he says, look, everyone who competes for the prize is tempered in all things. And then they do it just for, for, uh, to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. He says, all, all, all of those guys that, that, are, that, are, that are sweating and denying themselves, all these guys that are, that, that are you know, just going through, through great struggle in order to win that race, they do it for something that's, that's so temporal. And in those games, what they would do is if you, if you won the race, they would take you up to the podium, and they would take a garland wreath. That was your prize. It wasn't even a gold medal. It wasn't even a silver medal. It wasn't even a bronze. A garland wreath. And for this one moment in time, it would be everyone cheering and, and screaming and, and, you know, just saying you did it right all your family all your friends your whole community you're representing and they would take this one garland reef and they would just place it upon your head and you did all of that years of of sacrifice and service and and years of of diet and years of you know preparations for that one moment where they would put this wreath on your head and, and then you for the rest of your life you know you're an old guy just kind of going remember that day when they put that crown on my head and the crowds were cheering. It was glorious. <laughs> they do it for, for, for just one moment of glory. He says, but that's not so with you. I, 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 like, I like what he says there in verse 25. He says, you do it for in an imperishable crown. It's not like a garland wreath that's going to dry out. You know, you're not going to be able to put it between your book and kind of save that garland wreath for your grandkids and great-grandkids, right? <laughs> It'll crumble. He says, but, but th 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 this crown that you're going to get, it it's going to be for, for all of eternity. It's imperishable. It never is destroyed. It, it never falls apart. What you're running for is for something far greater. Tells us in Matthew 25, 21, when Jesus is giving this parable of, of those that he had given his treasures to, and they were faithful with those treasures. He says this, and they heard him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Can you imagine? Guys, getting to heaven and Jesus saying, well done, good and faithful servant. You were faithful over the little things I entrusted to you. Now you're going to be entrusted with greater things. Come on in. Can, can you imagine? You're, you're going to be able to gloat on that day forever and ever. I mean, you'll, you'll, you know, a million years, a, you know, 10,000 years, you know, 100 million. You're going to be going, remember that day when I, Jesus met me at the gate? You know, he just gave me the imperishable crown. All of heaven. Because <sighs> you're, 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 you're running for something far greater than any athlete. 
I, 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 love, I love competition, man. I, the Olympics come on, I'm glued to the set. I just, you know, just watch these guys, and you just know that for the last, you know, m- many of them, since, since they, are, they, they were little kids, they, they, they've been preparing for that moment in their life. Many of them, you know, four, six, eight, ten, twelve years, that's all they've been doing is training and preparing and, and, and waiting for, for that one moment. And then, you know, you, you watch them, and you just see, man, just how, how, how determined and how much sacrifice that they put into it. I'm, I'm, I'm a huge baseball fan. Man, I just, I, I, I just, you know, I, I just, and, and just, just to watch, you know, an athlete that, that's, that's just been, you know, going for it, man, doing well. If you guys have been watching the Dodgers, this young kid, Seeger, coming up, and you just, Man, he just, he's, I think he's batting like five, 450 in, in 25 games coming out of the minor league. You just watch this guy and just go, man, man, just the skill, the, the training, the. It's all, all that stuff's temporal, though. What you and I are, are living for is something that's eternal. And you can have all the fans cheering in the, in the stands, but, but there, there's, there's one that's watching. And he's telling us that we're, we're to live in life in such a way that, that we, we're, we're trying to attain the imperishable crown. It's not something temporal. And what he says in verse 26, and I think this is interesting, what he says here in verse 26, he says, Therefore I run thus not with uncertainty, thus I fight not as one who beats the air. You know, you, you, you're not doing it with some uncertainty. It has to be Purposeful. Right? If, if you're going to live the Christian life and you're going to run that race, then you're, you're, you're acknowledging, I'm going to make sacrifices to do this. Just like that athlete that makes sacrifices, goes without sleep, gets up early in the morning to, to, to go you know, get trained and get in shape and, and you know, the diet, what they eat, they're, they're, they're uh, you know, just pouring everything they have in order to, you know, they're not sitting around playing video games, watching eight hours of TV. That's the national average right now, eight hours of TV. Imagine. They're, 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 not, they're not investing in the stuff that, that's going to waste their time. They're investing in the thing that's going to help their cause. And it's, it's interesting that They have a goal in mind. They have that goal in their sights. I, I, I want to be the best that I can be. And they make sacrifice to accomplish that. And I think that's why Paul is addressing this issue of liberties as he's talking about chapter, uh, what he talked about in chapter 8 and, and carries into chapter 9. He's saying, look, Look, if it, you, you need to be purposeful. If you're going to be uh, uh, running in this race and, and, and you're concerned about the souls of men, then you have to purposefully understand that you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna, um, do this with, with great certainty, not with uncertainty. You're not like one who's, who's, who's now he changes illustrations, not one who's, who's shadow boxing, Right? You're not just up there. You know, I remember as a kid getting in the mirror and just, you know, doing the shadow boxing and just waiting, you know, I mean, one day, one day, you know, and find someone we're going to, and you just, you just, what is it going to look like when I get beat up, you know, just <laughs> in that mirror? <laughs> look, 
what's it, what's it, what, how, what, you know, how do you, and he goes, look, you, you're not, you're not in there doing this with some, 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 sh- you, you got to get in the game, man. You got to get in the game. You, you can't do it from the sidelines. You can't do it in, in the bedroom, just shadow boxing in the mirror. You, you, you got to get in the game. I, 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 how many times that I, I've replayed in my mind, he's a huge baseball fan, you know, replay, replay in your mind, you know, full count, bases loaded, World Series, three and two, up to the plate, walk off home run, you know, grand slam. Ah, the you know, you'll never be in that situation unless you're playing. You got to join the team first. You got to get off the couch. And you, you got you, you to start, you know, swinging a bat, start throwing a ball. You got you to do something if you're ever going to be in that situation, in that circumstance. And he says, look, the, the, you're, you're not shadow boxers, guys. You're in the fight. And if you're going to be in the fight and that discipline, you know, and, and, and if you're more concerned about your liberties than you are about, you know, and your freedoms than you are about the souls of men, you'll never get in the fight. If you're more concerned about what I can do and what I can't do, rather than going, God, how can you use me the most effectively for the kingdom of heaven? And, and if I'm doing, let me tell you my, my story. I, I remember this story. I remember getting saved. I was, I was at the job site. Now, I, I, would, I quit smoking dope. I quit doing coke. I, uh, you know, quit drinking. But I had cigarettes. And, and, you know, I, I, everyone had told me, look, man, cigarettes is not a sin. No, no, it's not a sin to smoke a cigarette. It's not going to send you to hell. It might, you might smell like you've been there, but you right? And I remember, and I was at the job site, and I'm sharing Jesus with this guy. And I'm telling him, man, and he, I mean, he's, it, you just, he's in captivated and I you know I'm a baby Christian at this point maybe a year or two in the Lord and I'm, I'm just going over and I'm you know he's he's all in and I pull out my cigarette and I'm just I fire it up and I start you know telling him about and he looked at me and he said you smoke I said yeah nothing wrong with smoking he said you can't kick that nasty habit and you're going to try to tell me to change my life Dude, I, I felt like about that big. I, 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 I remember just going, oh, God. And he walked away, just, you know, disgusted that I was smoking. And I, and I thought, just a cigarette. <laughs> and I remember driving home that night, and I remember just bawling, God, if this cigarette's going to keep someone from not making it to heaven, do whatever you got to do, whatever you got to do to help me stop. Because I, I, I stopped smoking dope. I stopped, you know, snorting coke. I stopped drinking. That was, that was easy. The, the, the cigarette, that, that was like, I, I would throw them out the window, and then I'd pull over at the next gas station. <laughs> and then I'd throw them out the window, and then, you know, <laughs> it, it was just this battle. I, was going, I remember praying, God, I can't stop. Help me stop, because I don't want this, this vice, this this thing that would cause someone to stumble to keep me from sharing the gospel with somebody. And, and I, I kid you not, guys, I went to bed that night. I woke up the next, next morning, and my throat was the same size as my chin. 
and I, I, could not, I could not even swallow. I, I, I had to, every, for, for a whole week, I was drinking chicken soup from a straw for a whole week. And I knew, I knew this, I prayed, <laughs> this was God. A week later, you know, okay, it, it's, it's starting to go down. A week later, man, pulled into the gas station to get some gas. What did I do? Grabbed a cigarette, box of cigarettes, like, just habit. Then even, you know, grabbed a cigarette. I took one puff, and I thought my lung was going to come out of my nose. And I remember that day, man, that was it. And I said, okay, God, I hear you. This, this thing is not going to keep anybody from coming into the kingdom of heaven again. Guys, it's, it's not about our rights. It's not about whether you can or can't do it and still get to heaven. That's not the issue. That's, that's not what Paul's writing. He's talking about running a race so that you're going to win that race. Running a, 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 a race so that, so that you're, you're, you're in the fight, that, that you're, you're making an impact upon the lives of others. Because understand something, man. Everybody's watching you. Everyone's watching you. Your kids are watching you. Your wife's watching you. Neighbors. Is he, is he, what kind of, what kind of Christian is he? And I think, I think one of the, one, one of the sad things you see in the church today is that every, we just, we just, you know, we, we see, we see churches. I, I was talking to some of the guys backstage. They're, they're saying that there's actually churches instead of coffee shops, they're having wine and uh, uh, spirits being served in, uh, instead of a coffee shop at, at their churches. You're going, you, you got to be kidding me. I never even, I, I know there's, there's, there's Bible studies going on where they're, they're, you know, mixing drinks together and everyone just, you know, it's just all good. As what, what, what is it that's, that's worth it for us? What is it? That we're not willing to forego because of the love for others. Because I'll guarantee you those things, whether it be alcohol or cigarette, you know, it, 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 it might not even make a difference in your eternal state, but I'll tell you what, it sure will make a difference in the eternal state of those around you. Are we going to run the race to win the race, or are we just kind of, we're, we're just, we're just going to run the race to get the T-shirt? <laughs> and I think that, 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 is, that is Paul's encouragement to this, to this particular church. It's just very, very clearly saying, look, discipline your body. Watch what he says in verse 27. I discipline my body and I bring it into subjection. Do you know what that, do you know what that word means? Literally, that he's punching himself. That's a, that's a pretty good practice. Every time your, your flesh wants something, just punch it. <laughs> Eventually, you go, wait a second, that's a, it's not a good way to, every time I want something, I get punched in the eye. No, he says, I, look, I discipline my body. I bring it under subjection to Christ. That, that my, my flesh isn't going to rule over me. It's not, it's not going to own me. It's not, it's not going to be my master. And if we be more concerned about others than we would about our own rights and our own liberties and our own our own fulfilling our, our, our own passions, man, I, I think we would be a lot more effective for the kingdom of heaven. 
individually, but also as a church. It's interesting that, that he, verse 27, he, he gives a, a very, a very clear warning. And it's at the end of it. It's, it's, you know, the end of the chapter, of course, it's at the end of chapter 9, but it's, but it, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a warning. Watch what he says. I discipline my body. I bring this objection last. When I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. I, th- I think that warning's at the end. That warning was, was, was given so that he's telling those that were demanding their rights demanding their liberties that they themselves are putting themselves in a very dangerous position. I think the jury's still out, right? The jury's still out. All, all of these guys that are, that are you know, saying, you know, I, I, the, this new fad, you know, what, I, I, we have the right to do this and we have the right to do that and no one else, you know, don't, don't, you just, that's your problem. It's not my problem. If that's how you, you know, that's, that's your trip, not my trip. I think the jury's out. What's it going to look like five years from now, ten years from now? I know several of those guys that were kind of promoting that kind of Christianity aren't no longer pastoring and no longer doing ministry, disqualifying, disqualifying themselves from the very thing that God had called them to do because they were more concerned about their liberties than they were about the souls of men. I think there's an interesting proverb that's, it's, 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 and, and, and it's Proverbs 12.1. You see, um, if we're going to live our life self-serving, I think that's a very stupid way to live. If we're going to live our lives more about our rights than, than, than the lives of others, then it's a, it's a, very, it's a very... Well, look what it says in Proverbs 12.1. Whoever loves instruction loves knowledge, but he who hates correction is stupid. That's in the Bible. Isn't that great? If you don't like correction, you're stupid. And, and, I, and I, think, I think sometimes, you know, when, when, when God's trying to get our attention, he's trying to say, wait, wait a second, man, here's a warning right here for you. There's a warning that you're, you're, you're looking at your liberties and you're trying to say, how close can I get to the world? How close can I get to, you know, do, do those things that I want to do and, and not fall over the edge? And I think that danger is, is that we just kind of want, want to skirt the line as close as we can. But it just takes one earth shake. It just takes one, one gust of wind to push us over the edge. I think a better way to live and, and I, I, is to say, how far away from the line can I get? How, how can I live my life in such a way that, that I, I'm, not, I'm not flirting around over here, that, that I'm, I'm staying far away from there? And, and some will go, well, that's legalism. You're being legalistic. You know, the Bible never says you can't. Well, I didn't say the Bible said you can't. I'm telling you that you're playing with fire, man. You're playing with fire. If your liberties are more important, you see, for me, this is what I knew. I saw the effects of alcohol upon grandpa. He had cirrhosis of the liver, died, alcoholic. I've seen the effects of alcohol and drugs on my dad. Right now, my, 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 dad, my dad was shooting a, a needle for, for several years. My dad has got hepatitis C, and my dad right now is dying of cancer. Two and a half years ago, they told me he only had three days to left to live. You know, he's given his life to the Lord, and God's forgiven him for all that. Praise God. He's going to heaven. I'm going to see him again no matter what, and that's for sure. But, but here's what I know is that he's paying 
the price for some of the actions he had taken years and years before. And that hepatitis C now turned into that, you know, into cancer and his liver. And he, man, I see my dad. It's not my dad anymore. You see, I see the consequences of those things. And for me, it's just like, man, you know, I got saved. And, and, and it was like, man, why, why? I see the effects of it on families. I see the effects of that stuff on, on so many individuals. Why, why would I even want to mess with that stuff? Why, why, do I, why would I even want us to get, get you know, anywhere in that realm? I, I just, it just, it just, it's just beyond me because I've seen the impact of it. And I've had that conversation with my own boys. You know, they, they've been grow, they grew up in a Christian home. They, 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 to them, it's, it's no big deal. You know, what's, what's a big deal? No, you don't understand, man, what it's done to my family. You don't understand what it's done to our culture. And yet we, we want to play with it. We want to flirt with it. Those things that, that are, you know, you know I, I can watch this movie, but, but you know, I, I only go this far. Just, just, just read it R, not read it X. You know, I just, you know I'll, just, I'll just entice my flesh just this much, but I won't go that far. And we just flirt with it and flirt with it. But you know what? It just takes one step further. And he says, you become disqualified. And the, and the real question is, is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it worth your ministry? Is it worth your, the soul of your, your, your son, your daughter, your neighbor? If they're watching you, just, you know, I, I got those liberties. It's not that big a deal. Well, you may, but is it worth it? I think that's exactly what Paul is trying to convey to the church of Corinth right here trying to convey to them, guys, I've given up a lot of my rights because I'm more concerned about souls than I am about those liberties. And I would encourage us as men to take that into consideration in our own lives. Is your rights worth one soul? Is it worth, I mean, who, who knows what God wants to do with your life? It could be an impact upon tens of souls or hundreds of souls or thousands of souls. Because you're saying, I have a right and I demand my right. God goes, okay. Have at it, man. That's your right. But what I could have done in your life, you forfeited. And I think that's, that, that, that's when he closes that. So look, I could be preaching to all these other people, but then I myself become disqualified from the race. As we, we, we've seen a lot of disqualifications in the last years in Olympics, right? Juicing, baseball, right? All these guys that are, that are you know, slamming home run after home run after home run. They, then they test them, and they, they find out that they, they've been... They've been, they've been Roiding. And then all, all, there's a little asterisk under, underneath, underneath their record. And it says he was caught with steroids. And it just disqualified all of his accomplishments. Because he wanted to just bend the rules just a little bit. 
that God, God, God would challenge us as men. You know, guys, run, run that race. Run it to win. Man, serve, love, minister, man, your family, the church, where, wherever God's put you. But don't, don't let those vices come in, those liberties come in and disqualify everything that God wants to do in your life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for just another opportunity Lord, to be challenged as men. Lord, that, that we, would, we would hear, God, what Paul is saying to the church of Corinth, and it would be, God, what you're saying to us this, this, this evening. And God, we would live in such a way that we want to win. And so, God, would you make us effective? Let, let us not be distracted and let us not be taken out, Lord, by those things that, that seem to be fun and good that could be our demise. Why would you empower us, God, to Lord, just keep our eyes on the prize and that, God, you would, you would use our life for your kingdom and for your glory. Bless these guys. Let them, let them go out and, and be effective for the kingdom of heaven. As we see the days we're living in, Lord, we, we, we're, whether we got another week or month or a year or five left, Lord, ten, who knows. And Lord, in the finish, finish of this race, that we would go for it. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you guys. <laughs>